All right, good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel, here with our ninth episode of Magic the Final Frontier. Over two months now, it feels like it's been a lot less than that, or maybe a lot more than that, hard to say. On this podcast, we discuss Frontier format, keeping our listeners update with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And I'm Matt Murday, a magic nerd and Frontier fanatic. So our other host, Kevin Hamlin, he is still touring with his band. This will be the last week of their tour, but he'll be returning with us next week. We've uh, missed him greatly. All right, so for this week's episode, we're following up on a discussion we started last week about converting standard decks into Frontier decks. This podcast is going to be dedicated to all the standard players out there, whether you've played Frontier or not. But if you happen to play a standard deck and you get the chance to try out playing in a Frontier event, we want to let you know just how easy it's going to be to upgrade your deck and keep your deck competitive with everything that goes on in Frontier. That way you have the best experience you can. And I just want to take a minute to remind everyone why this came up. Uh, and that's on Saturday, November 18th, ANC Games in Toronto is having a Frontier 1K. Uh, so there's a great chance for anyone who wants to try out Frontier to come come out, uh, see what the format has to offer. I'm going to be there along with our guests from last week, uh, which was Matt Mealing and Tony Cameron. Uh, and we hope to see all of you there. All right, so I'm going to kind of look at a few different kind of decks. I'm going to look at what right now is some of the top decks in Standard and see how easy it would be to convert them over, as well as some recent winning lists that are maybe from a season or two ago and how easy it will be to convert those into Frontier decks. And then if we have the time, I might look at one or two other current strategies that aren't the mainline big kind of three decks but are still interesting and would bring something kind of unique to Frontier if you tried to do it. All right, so the first one I want to look at, it's a really easy one, Ramen Up Red. It's been popular for a couple seasons now. It's right now still the biggest uh, share of, front, of standard decks. And it's a great Frontier deck. So the real Frontier deck that we see mostly is a Tarka Red, but we also see quite a bit of this Mono Red, Ramen Up Red, just that red deck wins. So I've got a standard deck here. Um, this one is Miguel Valeso's Ramen Up Red from Chile's Nationals. He took second place with a Ramen Up Red deck. And we're going to kind of look into this and see what it would take to turn this into a Frontier deck as it is. I actually think if there was a deck you were just going to pick at a standard and you were just going to drop it into Frontier, you are just going to play a standard deck in Frontier, this would be the deck. Red deck wins, wins is just kind of a strong enough archetype because it just goes so fast, right? So you're just naturally going to go under some of the slower strategies in Frontier anyway. Uh, you can definitely make it a little better uh, by, by picking up some of the Frontier available cards, but just by its nature, it's such a fast deck that I, I think... You wouldn't be too bad off just porting it straight to Frontier. Okay, so right now they're running a lot of creatures. They've got the Oncrop Crasher, Bomat Courier, Earthshaker Kenra, Four of Hazaret, Three Karizev, Four Soulscar Mage. What can we kind of do? We normally don't see quite that many creatures because we have more of the prowess creatures in Frontier. What are some quick upgrades you try and make on this deck? Uh, obviously, I think the, the biggest one is uh, Monastery Swift Spear. It's just okay. an easy four of. I think you probably want to lower the curve a little bit from what we're seeing here. Uh, four hazard, it seems like an awful lot. Uh, yeah, I think that's a little bit where standard's a little bit slower. I think that's reasonable, but that might be harder to do in Frontier. Yeah, uh, obviously Smuggler's Copter is busted. It goes in every aggro deck. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's cheap. You know, it's like two bucks because it was banded standard. Yeah, and I mean, you also have the token generators, so Dragon Fodder and Hordling Outburst that I think are really strong. So I think, okay. yeah, I think those are great fits, all, all of those. You have a few other that I'm I'm less impressed in or rest, sorry less impressed about like Abbot of Carol Keep and Zergo Bell Striker. There's there's nothing wrong with having those, but I, I think I'm prioritizing Monastery Swift Spear Copter and the uh, Token Producers first. Okay, that makes sense. If you were going to leave some of these creatures right now, are there any of them you'd particularly want? Do you think the Kenra is better than like the Oncrop Crasher at three or uh, Kari Zev at two? 
I mean, maybe. I think it's kind of hard to say. I think Kerry Zev loses a little bit of steam without uh, Atarka's command. And I, I'm not sure I would want to be on any three drops uh, outside of uh, Hordling Outburst. But honestly, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a small change. I think Red Dug wins is just a good a, a good place to be. All right, I think I agree with you. And we have seen quite a bit of ramen up red, and we've said maybe it is just you know standard players moving over their deck. Also, Wild Slash actually would be a great a great include as well. Yeah, so this deck right now is running four shock. Wild Slash, you know, it's that slight improvement. Maybe every once in a while you'll get something where that comes up as relevant. But for the most part, they're identical cards. Yeah. Now, what about the sideboard? So I'm going to try and a few times be... When you're playing a standard deck, you're looking to match up against different things than when you're playing a Frontier deck. What are some big things that Red should be bringing in from their sideboard if you're a standard player looking at Frontier? I think Rending Volley is a big one because it deals with Sahili combo and it's just really difficult to interact with. It also can be brought in versus some of your harder matchups, which will be mono-white humans in Frontier. Okay. So because we're sticking a little bit more for the standard players here, if you don't know, Sahili combo is huge in Frontier. You get Sahili Rai, you get Felidar Guardian, you go infinite and swing with a million cats. So that, that's a big thing to watch out for, being able to use Rending Volley to do four damage for one mana to one of those cats. It stops a combo there, and that's a good way to do it. And Roast is, an, is another great card, uh, mostly for like an Abzan matchup or kind of like grindy midrange. So that, that's a great fit as well. Another fit that I think has seen a lot more play in Frontier than it has in Standard is Kerry Zev's Expertise. And it just helps you sneak through that little bit of damage, and it really synergizes with your prowess creatures, which is important. Yeah, even taking, like, a one-drop if you've got a prowess creature with carry Zevs, then you throw in Tarkus Command on top of that, you're swinging for, like, 12 damage. It gets huge. Yeah, it's it's pretty important. And I don't know how much play it sees in Standard, but it's definitely been a, a powerhouse in the red deck wins of Frontier, at least out of the sideboard. Okay, I think those are a lot of great options. I think anyone who's currently on red and Standard, come to this event. It's going to be a really easy time. And uh, even if you made all these additions we're suggesting, you know, you're not shelling out for any fetch lands, anything that's big like Collected Company, you're going to pay maybe $25 to make these upgrades and have a really good Frontier deck. And, you know, before anyone accuses us, we have no relation to any stores. We're not making any money off of this. We just, we really want people to be playing Frontier. And I think uh, standard players, those are the easiest ones that'll be able to come right over. So the next deck I want to talk about, let's move on from one of the most popular aggro decks to the most popular control deck right now, and this is Blue-Black Control, which we also see quite a bit of Blue-Black Control in Frontier right now. You know, some of those, the, the right now, all of those cards out of Ixalan, there's some strong cards for Control, and even the last couple sets, they've had a few good cards, so moves right over there that you'd expect to see them in both. So the deck I'm looking at from Standard right here is Oliver Tomnagjo's Tomajko's uh, Blue Black Control that won first place in U.S. Nationals. So he's running, you know, 26 lands. He's got Scarab God, Torrential Gear Hulk as kind of win cons, a bunch of counter spells, a bunch of removal, and that's pretty much the deck. So a little bit similar to what we see in Blue Black from our own players here. I mean, I've got a list that we're looking at as a Frontier Blue Black Control list, and, you know, a lot of those same win cons, a lot of those same removal spells. Yeah, it's very what are similar. kind of the differences here? Yeah, they are very similar. What would you say are some of the differences between the two that we'd want to look for? So the biggest thing I think that is better in Frontier for blue-black control is fetch lands. I think they're really important. 
yeah, so fetches are good in a lot of decks, and I think we'll bring it up a few times here, that if you can afford it, or if you play modern and you've already got them, fetches are a great addition to a handful of these decks. This one, I think, in particular, because it triggers Fatal Push, which otherwise it's it's hard to get that to go off. Yeah, it also uh, fuels your graveyard, which, and there's a few things that are going to be important in Frontier for fueling your graveyard, uh, in addition to the search for Escanta you have at a standard. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally, I think you well you can't have this deck in Frontier without Dig Through Time, right? Dig Through Time yeah, is is the deck. That's the biggest card. boon you're getting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think there's probably a few better counter spells to toss in in place of four sensor. Four sensor feels like a lot uh, in a meta or in a in a in a format like Frontier. Mm-hmm. And let me just quick read Dig Through Time. If anyone doesn't know, Cons of Tarkir, two blue, five other. But you can exile a card from your graveyard to pay for any amount of that other. So you can, oh, sorry, six other. So you can exile up to six cards, and then it's just two blue to cast. You look at the top seven cards, choose two of them, put them in your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library. It's just the greatest way for you're trading one for one, you're trading one for one. You get the best two cards out of the top seven. You find your win cons and go off. Yeah, I think the three biggest are, are probably uh, fetch lands, dig through time, and languish. And other than that, you have a few other little options, like uh, looking at uh, Jace, Friends, Prodigy, and Murderous Cut. But yeah, I think- so we're not saying... I, I, that's something big right now, I think, with blue-black, is that you don't have to go out and buy four copies of Jace, Friends, Prodigy if you don't own them right now to play Control and Frontier. He's actually not, he, We're actually seeing Search for Azkanta rather than Jace. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's nice to have, and, and if you want him, I think it's a fine option. There's nothing wrong with taking that option, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't need him. Uh, again, I think that the biggest ones really have to be fetches, dig through time, languish. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. The other thing I might say, if you don't have fetches, you're not going to run some fetches. Field of Ruin is something that we are seeing in some blue-black control lists, and that's another way to help you trigger your own to trigger your own uh, fatal pushes, which it's sometimes important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about sideboards? Is there anything we really want to be looking for out of blue-black that you wouldn't see out of a standard blue-black control sideboard? Kalidus, absolutely Kalidus. Uh Trader of Get. Kalidus is a house. He you drop him onto a board and he just he stops the game against an aggro deck. They just they have to respect him or they lose the game. Yeah, you can't just try and push through him or if you end up trading with removal spells, they get more people to block. Those blockers turn into more zombies. It, it gets really out of hand. Yeah, I almost think you could main board him no problem. But it, it's up to taste, right? A lot of the uh, decks we're seeing out of the Untap Open League aren't main boarding him. But but I think he's just a powerful enough card that I think main there's nothing wrong with it. I think main boarding him is is just good. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so that's blue black control. I'm going to look next at one that we see a little bit less in front here, but maybe here and there, and it's a big deck in standard right now, and that's teamer energy or various energy strategies. I've got a uh, teamer list here which is Gary Thompson's list from <clears throat> US Nationals second place. I've also got a four color energy deck that just got a 5-0 on MTGO Competitive League. So we kind of see that that Black Splash, you get the um, the Scarab got in there. Those are some cool decks. I, I like the four-color, although it is tough on the mana in Standard. Now, have you seen really any Teamer energy in Frontier? A little bit, and it's a fine deck. I think you can port it fairly well. The big thing mm-hmm. about Teamer energy is that it's very like energy itself is kind of just a parasitic mechanic, right? So it's it's very much isolated in Kaladesh. There's no there's not a lot to gain for an energy specific list by adding the rest of Frontier. I mean you get fetch lands, which is nice. 
mm-hmm. uh, always smooths out your mana a little bit. Actually, actually, I might. I'm, I'm going to get to this. I might actually say that I don't know if you need fetch lands in this list. Uh, I don't know if you'd really want them at all. You probably don't need them strictly, but I, mm-hmm. I think there's no way that at least one playset doesn't make it in. Yeah, if I were to do it, I would just do the the wooded foothills, get red and green. I wouldn't try and do anything fancy and be like fetching for the blue off of a polluted delta and then using that to get prairie stream. I don't think that's necessary in this. I agree. You've already got the aether hubs, which are a three color, and you've already got you're gonna be using a tune with the aether to find a bunch of basics. So you're gonna want the basics in the deck anyways. Yeah, I agree. I think I think four is fine. I think the wooded foothills is fine. You can't fetch uh, more than one of your colors off any of the blue fetches that are in Frontier, so mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of wasted to bring in fetches for that reason. But you know, fetch lands are still are kind of good no matter how you slice them. So four of them, even if it's just four, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that makes sense. And like you were saying, a lot of these creatures, all of the energy creatures, are going to be from a set that's standard legal and Frontier legal. So. It makes it an easy one to port, even though it is... I mean, I'm taking this because it's a big standard deck right now. Absolutely. I think some of the additions you might consider going into Frontier, or, and I'm not sure if this is in the board or, or in the main, but Tireless Tracker is just a really good card. Mm-hmm. And I think that grindiness with those... Uh, with the, the fetch lands that you wouldn't have in standard, those make more sense with Tireless Tracker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another cards I've seen, maybe I've seen Stubborn Denial as a great card. That one's out of Cal- or out of uh, Cons of Tarkir as well, which is it's one blue mana and target non-creature spell. They have to pay one more to cast it. Or if you have a creature with four more power, it just counters that spell completely. Yeah, and again, Rending Volley is a great one uh, just to fight mm-hmm. Sahili. You could also bring in uh, Heroic Intervention or. Uh, Blossoming Defense. Blossoming Defense, yeah, has great great options against Control. I actually really like Fevered Visions against Control in this kind of list, because it just keeps mm-hmm. giving you a lot of firepower over and over, and it gives them a clock that they can't really interact with, right? So outside of just countering it, which there's, they don't have a lot of ways to do, it, it's Fevered Visions is really, really hard for Control to interact with. So I, that would be my something pick. like blue black. That that's a great pick. I didn't think about that one, and that's something that would be good. I think against something like those blue black control lists. Yeah. Or uh, shoot, what was the name of that green enchantment we were really high on? Oh, uh, Shaper Sanctuary. Yeah, Shaper Sanctuary is another great one for this. I think I'm probably a little more partial to uh, Fevered Visions because it just it gives them a clock, right? So you're going to be dealing a lot of damage really quickly with this kind of list, and mm-hmm. I think you're going to want to. Basically, just flood the board with threats and just keep running at them. And while your enchantment is basically burning them down for being too slow, basically. Yeah, and a lot of this deck is about getting behind something like a big Long Tusk Cub or a big Bristling Hydra and defending it. Yeah, and I think outside of the Bristling Hydra, which you can give Hexproof, you're probably not going to be able to do that, right? Mm -hmm. I I think the uh, Long Tusk Cub is not long for this world in a blue-black control (laughs) matchup, but... Yeah, well, their Fatal Pushes are certainly primo there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at these couple lists, I mean, these are two competitive energy lists. Do you think that the curve is a little bit high right now? I'm seeing four Glorybringer in one of them. I'm seeing some big things like three Gonti and the two Scarab God in the other one. Is that something you'd try and bring down? Absolutely, yeah. I, I even think like that Vraska's Contempt is trying to be a little... And not like Vraska Relic Seeker is trying to be a, a little mm-hmm. too cute. 
out of this kind of list. I think you're probably not going to out mid-range the mid-range decks. I think you need to be kind of a low-curve aggressive deck if you're if you're porting this to Frontier. Okay. And I think trying to be mid-range with it, right? The second list especially, the four-color energy, I think you're going to get out mid-ranged by the mid-range lists, and I think the control lists are going to just eat you. Okay, but those are some cool lists, and you know, if you're playing any of those right now, it's going to be really easy for you to move over. So let me move on to, I've got a couple decks that were, in the last couple seasons, they were big frontier decks, and they would be really easy ones to convert over. So the first one I wanted to look at, I've got Sam Party's Green-Black Constrictor list from uh, Pro Tour Hour of Devastation. He took top eight with this list, and it's Green-Black Constrictor, you know, it's a bunch of things that put plus one, plus one counters on things, go off altogether. You know, there's a lot of synergy. There's a few things in Frontier that really, really power up this deck that I'd like you to talk about. Actually, so this this list changes a lot from basically where it's at now to the version of Frontier. And it's one of those lists we've talked about a few times that doesn't see a lot of play on the Untap Open League, but it's just like a really mm-hmm. good deck in general. And that's just the green-black scales. Yes, And the list we're looking at here is actually Andrew Oyen's list from uh, Face-to-Face Games. So the biggest... Oh, is it? it is, okay. yeah. Uh, so the biggest thing to look at is you're looking at Hangerback Walkers and Walking Ballista along with... Um, shoot, what's that? Where am, what am I looking for? Hardened Scales, obviously, right? It's a Hardened Scales Yeah, so Hard, Hardened Scales is the big one that was out of... Uh, that was uh, Kansas Tarkir as well, wasn't it? The, the I think one so. green mana, and it kind of has the same effect that... Winding Constrictor does that every time you would put a plus one plus one counter, you'll put an additional one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and you cut a lot of this bigger stuff, right? So it stops being, it, it just goes a lot more low curve. You know, you cut the Kalidus, you cut the Liliana the Last Hope, Verdurus Gearhawk. These Probably are all. Grim Flare. The Grim Flare, yeah. As good a card as Grim Flare is. It's, it's uh, there's more plus one plus one counter synergy in Frontier, so you don't have to have mm-hmm. the Scrim Flare, right? Uh, all your creatures are Tarmogoyfs in this deck because you're so good at handing out plus one plus one counters. That makes sense. You don't have to be as much of this green-black aggro with some plus one plus one counter synergy. You're all plus one plus one synergy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and even things like Narnum Renegade, which really didn't make the cut in Standard, uh, are a lot better in Frontier where you know you curve out something like uh, turn one hardened scales, turn two green black snake, turn three fetch land, double three four Narnum Renegade, Death Touch. You know, it's it, that, that's a that's a big oh, swing. They'd be four five actually. Would they, oh, they would be. Went. Yeah, yeah, four five, two four five. So it's like yes, that, that's the one two that you put a plus one plus one counter on it if you got revolt, and it, it's a one one. Or it's a one two elf with Death Touch even. So it'd be a four five with Death Touch. If there's two f- effects on it, so it goes to two three. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, anyway, they get big. The point is, all the creatures <laughs> yeah. in this deck get big. Elvish Mystic is another great one, just because the power of ramp, right? A turn two Nissa Voice of Zendikar is really, really hard for almost any deck to deal with, especially once she starts powering up all your creatures, right? So if you mm-hmm. have two of these hardened scales effect on the board, and all of a sudden you start down-ticking Nissa, your whole board is just getting gigantic so fast. Oh, yeah. And once again, you know, we're talking about commons, really. Elvish Mystic, we're talking about, I think, Hardened Scales is an uncommon. These are really cheap cards to pick up and just jump into this deck and make it way more powerful. And I think any any green deck is at least going to want to consider Tireless Tracker in Frontier. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's that good a card, right? It, it can take over the game all by itself. It's a have-to-deal-with-a-threat. And uh, Fetch Lands are just really good, so they're everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. 
and you know it gets plus one plus one counters so those get increased yeah yeah i think that's more of a sideboard card and in, in, in kind of the best version of this deck but but it, there's nothing wrong with having it mainboard either i guess it, it's it's still just a good card i'd agree with that and some other cards we've seen out of these lists not in the specific one we're looking at here are some of those other creatures that just get huge like the avatar of the resolute which is i think a three two for two green that enters with a extra plus one plus one counter for each other creature you have with a plus one plus one counter on it and that has trample and reach i believe so yeah. it just it eats up the board as well as monogorja hydra the one one with trample that gets a plus one plus one counter whenever anyone casts a spell except don't play that, that thing one. Can get, it's a trap yeah it, it is a bit of a trap it gets huge but unless you're able to defend it it just you know it eats every piece of removal in the format it's mostly just that you have other creatures that get bigger faster you know yeah, it, it does get out of hand if they just don't have interaction. But why not just have all your creatures be monsters right away? Is you know, it's just uh, Rishkar Pima Renegade is another good one too, actually. Oh yeah, and I think she's in the uh, both of these the original list and the one we're looking at. Yeah, yeah, for sure he is. All right, but yeah, that's green black scales. Let's move on to the uh, next list I've got here, which is one that wasn't standard and got banned out of it. So this is a four color Sahili list I'm looking at. Uh, this is Pito Martinez. It was a standard competitive league that was done in Kaladesh before the ban took place. So there was kind of that week where they, you know, they made, announced bans, and then people were starting to play this online and just crushing with it. And then they're like, okay, wait, no, let's get rid of Cat. It's too much. So this is from that week. It, it's what Cat might have looked like in Kaladesh Pro Tour if we had had one. All right, so I'm looking through it. You know, it's got... Mana to support the four colors. It's got Felidar Guardian, Rogue Refiner, Servant of the Conduit, Vir- Whirler Virtuoso, Glory Bringer, which is a great addition, and then <clears throat> a bunch of Planeswalkers and the Sahili combo with Sahili Rai. Now, I've also got a list of a four color Sahili from a Toronto 1K, which looks fairly similar. It's got a few different Planeswalkers, it's got a few different big spells, it's running things like Dig Through Time and Jace to take advantage of your graveyard, powering that out with Seder Wayfinder, Renegade Rallyer with fetch lands so kind of the same kind of different there's just some powerful options there what, what do you want to say about these two styles of four color sahili like do you think people are just sitting around with their sahili deck that got banned out and want to bring it out to frontier uh, maybe yeah I, I sure hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think there's, there's not too many changes like the creatures are the biggest problem area for me just because you have so many better creatures in frontier uh i'm looking at like ishkana is huge yeah it, it's it's mostly a small set of changes renegade rallier is a lot better in frontier because of fetch lands and and like mm-hmm. jace can trick uh can trigger revolt as well which is important uh satyr wayfinder kind of fuels a, a lot bigger of a graveyard theme in this deck than was possible in in standard so so yeah. it kind of feeds into ish and jace and and you know these other spells i guess that work with jace as well so yeah, I think the note that I have on this is that really any value creature, it just gets so much better with, you know, you're going to play value creatures, play value creatures, and you've got this combo, it's inevitability, and both your Sahili and your Felidar copy those value creatures for more value. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> so we've seen really bad versions of this list, like some kind of weird thing with Knight of the White Orchid, we've seen very hard control versions. Pretty much if you've got the combo pieces, and they're cheap if you don't have them, it's easy to make a list that ends up doing quite well. Yeah, and I think the the probably like my favorite version of the list, and the list we're actually looking at here is Matt Cherkis's, uh four color Sahili list from. Oh no, I've got uh, Andrew Abella's four color Sahili yeah. from Toronto One K. Yeah, but it, it's originally Matt Cherkis. Oh, it's uh, list. the yeah. same. Oh, great. Okay. See, you know these uh, Toronto players better than I do. I was just looking at what I could find for our uh, 
to our show tonight. That's okay. That's okay. So yeah, I, I think this is a great option. And one one thing that's really cool actually that you can do is silk wrap with Renegade Rallyer. So hmm. Renegade Rallyer, when you trigger a vault, will return any permanent from your graveyard to your battlefield with mana cost two or less. Silk wraps a two mana enchantment that exiles target creature that costs three mana or more until silk wrap leaves the battlefield. So you can do these cute little little fetch renegade rallyer tricks to uh, I think it's three or less, but yeah. Yeah. I huh, I saw that in the sideboard and I didn't really think about it, but that makes a lot of sense with Renegade Rallyer. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And obviously you have like Gideons in the sideboard, uh for the grindier matchups, that kind of thing. Yeah, and like I know like you were trying to go kind of full out on Gideon even. That's also an option. I was and I, I I'm not sure how I feel about that particular version of the deck right now. I think it mm-hmm. I did not tune it well enough, and I think it needs more tuning. Uh, I also think the prevalence of control is pushing it out a little bit right now, but but we'll we'll get to that another another episode. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I'd also tried out some Gideon Tribal in Sahili, and yeah, I never got quite as far as you did. So, all right, I, I will move on to yet another deck that would probably still be seeing play in Standard, except for the Banhammer coming out. But you know, these decks are. Uh, they're a lot more regulated in Frontier. They're a lot more fair in Frontier. But if you were someone that bought into Aetherworks Marvel, take out your deck, come to Toronto and play with us because we've got a, we've got a, some lists for you. <clears throat> so what I'm looking at here is uh, Eric Froelich's uh, Aetherworks Marvel from PT Amonkhet Top 8. So he's running a full four Ulamog as his payoff for this Aetherwork Marvel, along with some other things. We actually saw, I think, there were four Aetherwork Marvel decks in that Top 8. Some of them were running, I think one of them had a playset of the Chandra Flamecaller. Some had some other big payoff creatures. This one's a little bit more streamlined, which is why I chose this one. It's just going for that, you know, the big Ulamog and then kind of a one Torrential Gear Hulk. Now, in Frontier, we've got some different payoffs. Do you want to jump in here? Absolutely. So the big one, obviously, is Emrakul. Uh, mm-hmm. So powerful, it got banned as standard. <laughs> and it seems to be a theme here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Emrakul is like kind of the penultimate just games over now of frontier right so i think you kind of you have to be playing that there's no two ways about it Uh, and i think over the course of a long grindy game you can kind of get that cost down through the the graveyard mechanic which which makes her just hard castable on her own uh, where ulamog really never is right 10 mana is a big ask whereas you know maybe seven mana kind of thing is a lot more easy to pull off Definitely. It's a few turns sooner. I'm looking at a Teamer Marvel list by Matt Churkas as a Frontier list, and I'm also seeing he's got a couple Shrine of the Forsaken Gods to power out that hardcast Emrakul sooner if we want it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he has, or the list we have written down here has two Ujin, but I just from knowing him personally, I know he later replaced this with uh, Chandra Flamecaller, just because it's a little leaner, and, and the possibility of hardcast uh, comes quite a bit sooner, and they really do the same thing as far as coming down, stabilizing your board, and, and kind of once you have that board control as Marvel, you're not giving it up. You're, you've are you won. So there's no reason to go, I think, Ujin over Chandra. And the nice part about that is that Chandra's not a $40 card. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the other one that we might be having as an option there is maybe the Hour of Devastation. That's just a great hit off of Marvel. Yeah, that's not bad either, actually. I don't think he has it in here, but you could definitely convince me that that's a good way to go. Uh, I think he's got two in the sideboard in this specific list. He may have updated it since then. Could be, yeah. Uh, I know he was running a lot of Kozilek's Return back in the day, which Mm -hmm. did a lot of work for him. But granted, at the time, 
uh, the Toronto metagame was very kind of go wide, low to the ground creatures. So a lot of those Atarka decks. Yeah. Quick, quick uh, throw out here. Which do you like more? Do you think the Kozlek's return or <clears throat> the three mana one that cycles the Sweltering Suns? I think Kozlek's return makes a lot of sense here because your end goal really is to be powering out huge Eldrazi in this list, uh, which makes the flashback relevant as well. Mm, yes, so you'll be able to get that second half, wipe out their board, and then you know that the 1313 is just going to win the game. Yeah, and I, I'm not 100% convinced that the land base can support two red on turn three if you need it. Okay. Uh, it may be able to, but just not having played with the deck, it, it would take some selling from my from my perspective. So, And again, this is one of those lists that you don't terribly need the fetch lands. It helps to have at least a couple of them to be able to get a land in your graveyard for Emrakul, but you're playing Wedge Colors, you've got Aether Hub to go multicolor, you've got the fast lands. It ends up almost being more powerful not to focus on the fetch lands of it. Yeah, and this is actually another one that's really easy to port over, just because again, energy is a very parasitic mechanic. So just, mm-hmm. if you have this deck from standard, most of the pieces just stay the same, you know? Yeah, especially if you got banned out under it. Yeah, exactly. And looking at the board, so these are kind of common common themes we've seen throughout uh, with Rending Volley, Tireless Tracker, uh, Hour of Devastation, as Kevin mentioned, maybe a few counter spells. Yeah, just kind of tune up some of your weaker matchups, be able to take care of the other combo decks in the format. Uh, when we were testing this deck, actually, before, uh, I think it was North American Frontier Championships, uh, the thing that really impressed me out of the board was Aether Meltdown. Hmm. And it was a, so that one's the it's a two mana flash enchantment that gives you energy when it comes in, I believe, and it what like minus four minus zero. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically for most decks, it's just I'm going to kill this creature for two mana, and I'm going to uh, gain two energy. Right. So it's there's no real other spell that can gain you two energy and just kill their creatures in the format. So it was it was really the synergies there. It's it's a great fit out of the sideboard against those aggro decks. Yeah, and probably more powerful than most people realize if you're not thinking about the energy theme. Yeah, definitely underrated. All right, so I'm going to move on from that deck, and I'm going to go on to one that's been popular for quite a few seasons of Standard, although going a little bit further back. This is Mardu Vehicles. So I'm looking at a Standard list from Sebastian Pozo, the PT Amonkhet. Uh, He was not one of the top eight finishers because of his limited, but he went eight and one in Standard with this deck, and it was a real beast. You know, it's got... All those cheap creatures, it's really aggressive, and then it's hard to deal with. You can't just, you know, sweepers and things because vehicles and Gideon. Gideon's just big. If you guys have forgotten that Gideon's still around, standard players come back. Gideon's still here. <laughs> now, on the other hand, Frontier Mardu Vehicles, it kind of does the same thing. It's very powerful. It's hard to really have good interaction for because it's aggressive on the play, and then maybe turn, game two, game three, it's able to count on things like those big planeswalkers, Gideon, Chandra... Even Soren is an option here. There's some really scary things. Soren from uh, Cons of Tarkir. So what are some additions if you've got a Mardu vehicles list from a season or two ago, maybe? What would you try and add in that's in Frontier? I think I'm actually moving away from Planeswalkers in Mardu vehicles a little bit. Hmm. Uh, primarily because of the prevalence of Raska's Contempt in Blue-Black Control. So I think the biggest reason you used to run things like Gideon is because he would just win the game if he resolved versus control, right? Versus now you have a lot more kind of low-curve threats to kind of push that damage through faster. I think the reality of Frontier is that Mardu vehicles, 
where it was an aggressive deck before becomes an even faster, more aggressive deck instead of kind of slowing down to do the mid-range thing. Like, I think you kind of, in standard, a lot of times you have to be a little bit mid-range just because that's the cards you have, right? So I haven't completely seen the same thing. I feel like with this specific list, if you do get down a Gideon, you get a Knight Out, trade it with a Vraska's Contempt, that's better than if you're just kind of depending on that plan. Like, if your plan is Gideon's and then something bigger, that that's a lot easier for Control to answer than this, which is going to have aggressive creature, aggressive creature, aggressive creature, then Gideon. They can't really take their turn off to answer it as easily. You could be right about that. I'm I'm not 100% opposed to Gideon. He's still a good card at the end of the day. Uh, I yeah. just think there's, I think going, being leaner and faster is often better. Hey, I think if any of our standard players are saying, oh, sweet, I don't know if buy Gideon, they're probably on your side. <laughs> Although he has dropped significantly since rotation happened. So another a couple of really important cards that we see here is Hangerback Walker. And Smuggler's oh, yeah. Copter. Those are the two oh, really big ones, right? <laughs> yeah, so Mardu Vehicles, it got Smuggler's Copter banned out from under it, and it still went and did great at the Pro Tour. Yeah, so Smuggler's Copter obviously is amazing. Uh, filters your deck. Just a great threat in general. So good. Play that every deck you can, basically. Uh, a few other little pieces of removal we have here that are I think are pretty important are Crackling Doom. And I don't know Ooh, if yeah. I'd go with the full place. I think four is an awful lot of a three-mana removal. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's still a great card. And the one that I really love in this list is Shrapnel Blast. Oh, yeah. So that's the one one red, sacrifice an artifact, and it does five damage to target creature or player. Yeah, and just being able to send five to face, face is a huge amount of reach. So I definitely like, like Shrapnel Blast in this list. Some other things I think I like for this list that come from Frontier, they are in standard, is Walking Ballista and Thalia Heretic Cathar. But they're just so good in Frontier because they're great against some of those biggest meta decks like Sahili, like Atarka Red. It just you know slows them down. It takes care of their go-wide creatures. Really, really good against those. And being able to play them naturally and have synergy with your deck feels great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one consideration uh, for the board, at least, I wouldn't put it main, but for the board is Colligon's Command. Mm-hmm. Colligon's Command's easily top three cards in the format. So powerful. Yeah, and if you play modern, you're probably likely to have those around. Otherwise, they can be pricey, but, you know, it's just such a good card. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so those are some of those decks that were, at some point recently, in standard good decks. You may have pieces of them sitting around. It'll be easy to make it into a Frontier deck. And if you're having trouble, you know, tweet out at us. We're happy to help you. Absolutely. So uh, I've got a list that it's kind of being popular right now is those tokens list in standard. So we've seen kind of black-white. Right now I've got an Abzan list I'm looking at. From a player named Balthanar, got a 5-0 on a MTGO competitive league. And this is, it's something we really aren't seeing in Frontier right, right now, which is why I wanted to bring it up. You know, it's got the Anointer Priest. Whenever a token creature comes into play, you're gaining life, so you're starting to do that Soul Sisters effect. <clears throat> and Anointed Procession, the 4 drop that whenever you would have a token come into play, you double it. And then the real star of the show is Hidden Stockpile. And this deck just does some really interesting things. In standard, it gains a ton of life and gets powerful. Do you think there's anything like this in Frontier, or there'd be a good way to transfer this over? Because it's really not a deck we see. I think there's a deck in Frontier just waiting to be built. I don't know if it's Abzan, though. I think Abzan might be a stretch. I'm, okay. I'm looking more at Mardu, personally. Hmm. See, I was almost thinking Esper, because you, uh, you get those on-color fetches, power out, um, you're hitting the stockpile way easier. I don't mind Esper as much because you get like some counter spells, which will be really nice into control, which I think is going to be a rough matchup otherwise. 
just okay. because they're going to have a lot of board wipes, basically. But I think otherwise, I like red because it offers a lot more aggressive threats. You're looking at uh, Dragon Fodder, Hordling Outburst, uh, Reckless mm-hmm. Bushwhacker is huge in this kind of list. Ooh, that would be scary, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you also have things like Raise the Alarm, which rotated out recently. Uh, secure the waste. Uh, Westvale Abbey is a you have to have Westvale Abbey oh, in this yeah. kind of deck. It's, that would be a huge addition to this deck. The other uh, one I'm, I'm really seeing that is sorely missed in this deck in standard is Thraven Inspector. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Soren Solemn Visitor I really like, just for the lifelink and, and kind of the ability to turn the tides against those aggro lists. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the reasons we haven't seen this list really is because people think, oh, I want a four drop in tokens, let's play Gideon instead of let's play Anointed Procession. Do you think it's either or? Do you think we should be doing both? Or do you think, hey, if you're playing this deck, drop Anointed Procession, you've got Gideon instead? I think you drop Gideon. You drop Anointed Procession for Gideon, yeah. It's nice to be able to, I guess, have those, what's the word for it? have those extra tokens but it's not mm-hmm. necessary you know it's and really how many extra tokens do you need to get out of anointed procession before it's better than gideon who's gonna just make a 2-2 every turn and then maybe oh, yeah. he'll give you an anthem and you'll alpha strike with it you know so probably a lot of them that makes sense i, w- I would think so i also think forecast out might be a little bit much uh, you have things like Declaration and Stone in Frontier that you don't necessarily have in uh, Standard. Also looking at Blessed Alliance. Hmm. Blessed Alliance. I could also see the uh, the three drop. The um, Sorry, I can't think of the name of it right now. The cast out for three. Yeah, um, Stasis Snare. Stasis Snare, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem, no problem. What else? There was one more thing I wanted to say here. Vraska Relic Seeker, that's cute. Oh, yeah, that's got to be interesting. Yeah. I mean... Another one I actually really like is Secure the Waste, especially when you combine it with Westvale Abbey. So you'll have, once you have six mana up, right? So you just leave all your mana up to the end of your, their turn if you know you can live. And then just at the end of their turn, you secure the waste for six, creating five tokens. And at the beginning of your turn, you just activate Westvale Abbey and win the game. Or alternately, you untap and you play a Gideon, Ultim, and that, that's also great. Also, yeah, great option for sure. Ooh, while we're speaking on that, the other thing I'm noticing is that this list would then get to play Shambling Vent if we're in Frontier. That's true, yeah. That's a good, a that's very a big good addition point. they don't have right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this deck could get more powerful. I, it, it'll be interesting to see if there's a way to make this into a Frontier deck. It's something we really just don't see right now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think the, a big deck we're kind of waiting to see happen is Legion's Landing. I think Legion's Landing is really good. We talked about it last week with uh, Anthony Cameron. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been he was testing it since, and it's it's been really interesting. That card is quite strong. Yeah, I think he was right on the money in calling that one of the one of the best cards at Ixalan. So that, that's a card I'm excited about, and I think we can we can see something cool at a frontier. I think you have to do a little bit more brewing to bring this one, but I think the brewing could be well worth it. Okay, maybe I'll try and do that. Absolutely. Uh, all right, I'm going to do one more, and this one's another fun one. But it has been a strong standard deck for two seasons now, and that's God Pharaoh's Gift. So I, I know you don't know too much about this deck. You guys kind of laughed at me when I brought this into Frontier, but with a very different list. And it's just, <clears throat> these decks usually depend on, you know, you get that Angel Invention out with God Pharaoh's Gift. It's a flying, hasty, vigilance, lifelink, 6-6. Six, six. There's no real way for a lot of aggro decks to even interact with that. Um, and then, you know, it's it's got a lot of value creatures. It's kind of one of these value decks. Champion of Wits, draw cards, discard. Four Hostage Shaker in the deck I'm looking at, which is Brian DeCandio's from an SCG Open Top 8. 
Um, it, it, it's a cool deck. It's a deck that I've liked in Standard. It does some really interesting things. And in Frontier, there's definitely some options to add to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, as soon as you start talking about uh, value creatures, my mind goes to Reflector Mage, Spell Queller, you know, those just huge... They're blowouts, really. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You get Reflector Mage and bounce something, and then you bring it back as a 4-4 that bounces something and swings. That's huge. And as long as you're in white, I think, why not Thraben Inspector? <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's a good card. You know, you want those early creatures to end up in your graveyard to be able to do more. And as long as we have uh, these things like Thraben, Inspector, Reflector Mage, Spell Queller, uh, Walking Ballista, these cards that, you know, they're, they're there for their value. They're not necessarily there for their bodies. Why mm-hmm. not Smuggler's Copter? Oh, absolutely. That sounds like a good one in here. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know a lot about this this particular archetype. It's not my area of expertise, so I could be way off the mark on here. But but I I have a hard time not including Smuggler's Copter anytime I'm oh, yeah. building a deck that has X or one X's, you know? So Yeah, sounds good. No, I think that this is a deck that could be moved over, and I think there's other colors we can look into too, which is what I personally did. I, I looked at green for things like Seder Wayfinder for um Mirrorfolk Branch Walker. I mean, more value creatures in other colors. That makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. And if you're going to stay in black, one card mm-hmm. I've really been liking in Frontier is Deadeye Tracker. Oh, okay, yeah. I finally got a chance to play one of those yesterday. I got, like, three activations off of it, and it was beautiful. I drew a land each time. <laughs> it's crazy how strong it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's also Graveyard Hate, which is awesome in this format, right? Because so many, so many of the grindier decks just kind of store stuff in their graveyard. So you kind of get to eat up all their good stuff that they're, that they're you know, trying to save for later. It's mm-hmm. really powerful. See, I thought you were going to say Kite Sail Freebooter, the one, two that dresses them. I don't mind and that. comes one. back, I mean, it comes back as a 4-4 four, four flying and takes a card. That's pretty cool. comes back as a 4 Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess my only issue is I keep, my instinct on that card is that it's good, and then I keep seeing it's C play or whatever, but then it just gets killed, you know, cause it's, it's got yeah. a target on its back and maybe that's worth it. Right. Maybe you want to use it as a lightning rod, uh, for their fatal pushes. Right. But mm. it's not really the same as just it doesn't survive quite as well as like spell queller does. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It's a little less resilient than spell queller and it's not quite the same clock either. And also flash is very, is relevant on spell queller. Right. Yeah. And, so you and spell can, queller trades with their mana. Whereas this just takes it from their hand. So they weren't casting the spell. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure it's good somewhere. I just, every time I try, I'm, I'm just kind of like, well, well, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. All right, well, there are a lot more standard decks out there, so these are the only real ones we're covering today, but we may look back at some more of these in the future, especially as new sets come out, new standard decks come out. So that's kind of going to wrap up our show for tonight. Once again, we want to push out, there's going to be this Toronto, November 18th, 12 p.m., guaranteed 1K in prizing in store credit at uh, A&C Games. So that that's something we're pushing. We love to see Frontier players. We love Frontier in Toronto. That's big. Um, other things going on right now, we've still got our weekly live stream on Tuesday afternoons at usually 6.30 Eastern. And we are opening up registration for the Untap Open League Season 2 for Exelon, if anyone's interested in joining that. I think it's a great way to test out some Frontier, to play Frontier without a big investment, and get to play with some really competitive players, which is a great which I think uh, moves us into what we're going to talk about probably on our next time on our show. You know, I've been doing a lot of brewing. I know our other host has been as well, even though he's been uh, busy on the road. 
I know you've been busy as well, but I know you've been brewing. But that's probably what we might talk about next week if we don't have any uh, big tournaments we really want to cover. Sounds good to me. All right, but as always, what I would love for people to do, tweet out at us if you're going to be at this 1K, if you've got any standard decks you'd like uh, some help converting over, even if it's something real out there, like some of those big standard brews that we don't see at all in Frontier. We would love to just like be like, oh, how can I make that a Frontier deck? What can I add? And we know the Frontier card pool pretty well, so we'll be able to throw you something at that. But reach out to us at MTG Frontier on Twitter, MTG underscore Frontier on Instagram, reddit.com, red, uh, at r slash MTG Final Frontier, and you can also find our Discord. We've got Twitch uh, streaming, which I had already mentioned, at twitch.tv slash MTG Final Frontier. And uh, one last reminder, let's see you guys at that Toronto Games in a... Uh, November 18th. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Hope to see you November 18th. All right. And as as always, for everyone out there, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier Information Online, your final frontier, signing off. Mm -hmm.